Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I have Betsy Pierce, my lovely wife, joining as a guest today to talk about a couple of things that only she can talk about. So um, I'm thank you, thankful for you being here. Thank you for coming. You're welcome, honey. Um, I want to start out by just talking a little bit about the legislature being on break. And just because they're on break doesn't mean I'm off. No, <laughs> you're never off. <laughs> So, um, and, and as even through the holiday season, things can get intense. In fact, a couple of years ago, um, I was working in my office and trying to wrap things up so that I could take a week off for Christmas. And I got contacted by two different legislator offices that were working on stuff in the middle of the session, which right now is the middle of the session. It's a two year session. So right now is dead center in the middle of the session and we have to work through the whole session which it never ends because as soon as one ends the next one starts and right now we're in the middle of the session again and I know that there are legislators that are working on stuff that are going to be problems starting in January and we're already having to do extra research on that and trying to deal with some of these things and um, a couple of years ago we got contacted by a couple of legislators that worked with me and I ended up working through that week and so it's kind of one of these things where, I don't know, maybe this week, maybe this year we'll, we'll get extra quiet, but I'm not putting my money in that bank. I don't know that there's been a quiet year since you started. Yeah, well, I guess it's California. So we have to, we have to work on having a balance of saying, okay, this can wait. And um, we just have to keep working on that every year um, because there's always the legislature constantly trying to meddle in other people's business which is why we exist so um, I wanted to to bring Betsy in to talk today specifically about um, an issue that I've had a few questions about but we've had a lot of um, sort of aha moments from people since we started giving this message about being a sender and this concept of being a sender, I don't know that phrase, where did it come from in terms of why did we start using it here in this context? We've heard it before with missionaries and things like that from the perspective of a church, but how does it fit with getting involved in advocacy? Well, um, I believe it comes from the idea that not all of us moms are able to be the advocates that our hearts might want to be because we are doing the work of homeschooling. Also, we are being homemakers. Also, we are caring for our husband's needs, working possibly. Um, it's not possible to be as interactive as we would want. We cannot neglect the first things, our first callings of our homes, our families, our education, in order to take on an even greater job of going out and advocating. So where does that leave somebody? You can't be a goer. It might leave you to be a sender. 
Yeah, and I and I really appreciate that that concept because a lot of people feel like if they can't go, then they they feel somehow um, like they're failing and that they're not able to participate in protecting freedom and that's really not the case because there's more to it than the going part and I appreciate that that phrase because um, it really helps people that can't go um, whether it's for a time or perpetually um, in some in some cases if you can't go there it doesn't mean you're not able to participate and you're not able to do something so we're going to talk a little bit today about what are some things you can do if you can't go if that's not the place where god has you right now then there's another place that god has you and there's probably plenty of opportunities and and so we're going to talk a little bit about that i think um a lot of women a lot of moms can relate to the idea that when you hear about what's going on in the government it's very scary and they don't have any emotional bandwidth left to give to any other action out there. I know a lot of moms that have a hard time even reading the news because it's too scary. Yeah. And when you hear about how horrible it is, you want to act. And since jumping in the car and driving to the Capitol is not an option, a lot of women just kind of have to shut down and say, no, 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 I, don't, I can't take it anymore. There are things that can be done at home um, from the perspective of a mom who can't leave. And I've been that mom for a lot of years. Um, but I want to, you know, I want those women to understand too, you can and, and need to do what you can at home to be a sender. And there are things we can do, even though they feel small, they're not small. Right. Yeah. It's not that okay, you failed in this, and so you can do this second backup plan. That's not the way it is. It's that we need people in both places, and that it's it's an absolute need. We can't do it. We can't do one without the other. They're both important. Just like a missionary going out to the remote part of Africa needs people at home sending them. They can't do it on their own, so they need another piece to making it possible for them to do that work. And that's, that's the way things are with advocacy. So um, let's talk a little bit about prayer. Um, that's something that certainly anybody can do from anywhere. Um, you have a story of a situation where um, we were in the middle of a heated battle over homeschool freedom uh, a number of years ago. Um, homeschooling itself was, was at stake in this particular battle. Um, but you were, you were not at the Capitol with me. You were in a very important place also. I remember that. That was an intense time. The whole state was up in uproar. The legislature was breathing down our necks. There had been a, a horrible case uh, in California of children being abused under the guise of homeschooling. It was disgusting. And um, we were in a lot of danger and you were working a lot of hours, and I was taking care of a lot of kids. I don't remember remember how old our oldest was, maybe 12, young, not that old, mm -hmm. not enough yeah. to babysit seven kids we may have had at the time, and my youngest was a toddler probably, maybe younger, I think I had a preschooler, I had a lot of little kids, and 
there was the day of the big rally at the Capitol and people were bussing in around the state and people were going down there. And I knew it was going to be a long day of standing in line and standing in line <laughs> and standing in line and hours. And it probably would have been an exciting thing to be around all those uh, homeschoolers. I think there were 3,000. Yeah. But my little ones were never going to make it. And I didn't have any children at home that were old enough to babysit that long yet. Not that many little kids. I didn't have any family nearby. And a lot of my friends that had old enough kids had gone down to the Capitol that day. And I just couldn't do it. So I did have two other friends of mine, two other homeschooler moms with me. And we knew we couldn't go down there. So we decided to pray. We decided to go to the park that afternoon during the hearing. It was during the hearing. We knew when the hearing was going on, we were getting little updates on our phone. And they were talking and we went to the park. The kids played and we prayed. We prayed for a while. It was that kind of praying you have to learn how to do when you're a mom where you kind of keep opening your eyes and looking. But I know God hears those prayers because God gave me the children. So he must know how I have to pray with those children. And... They played, we prayed, we took a break, we talked, we prayed some more, and that kind of went on through the afternoon. And I didn't know everything that was going on, but towards the end, I remember hearing a t getting a text, and it said, the hearing is over, they didn't vote, and then I knew things were quieting down, but I knew he wasn't coming, you weren't coming back from right. the Capitol, right. because the vote, the, hadn't whole, happened. the vote hadn't happened, and we didn't know if that was going to go till midnight. So we stayed at the park a while later. I probably had packed dinner and we just waited and waited. And finally I got the message and it, it didn't even make sense to me at the time saying they took a vote, but they didn't. And it was ended or it was some something like that that I didn't even understand. But they didn't even bring it to a vote and the whole bill died. And the situation was this amazing work of God victory. But. I wasn't there sitting next to you to see that and to see the master at arms come and shake your hand and to see all of that. I had to be with my children and caring for them, but I could pray. And I know that God was using prayers that were going up at that time to move the hearts of those people who have no sense of justice or good government. They, he really did, like the Proverbs, Psalm proverb, move the their hearts wherever he wanted it wasn't their wisdom it was god moving yeah 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 and i think that that story it it really has an impact on me every time i hear it because it's it's exactly the heart that i hope to encourage moms throughout the state to have that they can still participate and that is an excellent way to participate when there's stuff going on um, and maybe you don't know the details of what's going on, and maybe you do, or maybe you um, maybe you're just hearing about it, or maybe maybe it's just sort of a more of a, a general concern over the freedom to to be at home with our kids. Um, these are things that we need to all be praying for, and that's something that you can do from anywhere. Prayer is one of those things that only God could have invented because we want to be involved. We want to do something. Well, not all of us have a lot of money. Not all of us have a lot of time or ability or wit or public speaking or organizational skills or whatever. 
but even the weakest, most feeble, most unknowledgeable, bedridden saint can pray. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what level of Christianity you might be at. You can pray, and that is not a small thing. That is the greatest thing. In fact, it is the only thing that we really have. God does promise to hear our prayers. God doesn't promise that our great wit is going to have any impact. (laughs) He promises to hear our prayers, and the prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's, That's a promise from Scripture. So it's not a little thing to say, all I can do is pray. It is everything to say, I can pray. Right. It is everything. So um, there are other things um, that you can do. I think that one is first on the list because it's the most important. Um, but there are other things. Um, babysitting. I think this is something that, that probably people um, put put down on the list and they don't think about it. Um, but really, it can make the difference between somebody going to visit their legislator, whether it's going to Capitol Day, um, going to a hearing at the Capitol, or even going to do a district office visit, which a lot of people feel like they can't do because a couple of their kids are too young or um, can't handle being in an office or something like that. Um, uh, So I I appreciate that concept being brought into this discussion too. Um, Do you see that as being something that um, would really make it feasible for somebody? with little kids to participate that way? I think so. There are parts of advocacy, making it like making a, a capital visit or a district visit closer to the home. There are places that are just not appropriate for little kids. I have a one-year-old right now that was all manner of squirrely last night during our choir rehearsal, and I missed a big chunk of it because he's one, and he's not ready to sit that long. Preschoolers are probably, unless it's a rare preschooler, they're probably not appropriate at the Capitol or at a district visit. And that's not anything bad. Those are just settings that are not appropriate for them. Even a lot of elementary school children are not ready for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're just not ready. So if you have a mom that wants to advocate, but she only has younger children, it's she needs help. She wants to go. She's willing to go. She needs a babysitter. She can use a teenager to babysit. Another mom can babysit. You can take turns. You go this month, I go next month. And this is not a a failure. My children are not well behaved enough to handle going to an office visit when they're six. No, that's normal. It's a very specific kind of setting and it's for adults and a certain level of maturity. So yes, team up and babysit for each other and tell the person, I have young children, I left them at home. And that's, they understand that. If you have a rare child, take them, but maybe you have one that could go and the others couldn't. You might have a situation where if you have one child, you're better able to attend to them. And with others left at home, it changes the children's dynamic when there's just one of them. They, I know how this works with kids. <laughs> if you pull one child out and put them in a special setting, they get excited and behave differently. And use that to our advantage when making an office visit, and that's okay. So yes, babysit for each other. Find a mom and swap. Or just have somebody babysit yours because that mom is too intimidated to go. And you know what? She can do the prayer with your eyes open thing right. while you're there. And that's okay. That is perfectly legitimate. 
Another thing um, that people can do is uh, contribute financially. I know for some people, it's a long drive. Um, it's a long time commitment for somebody to go to the state capitol or, mm -hmm. or do a district visit um, in some cases. Uh, but the capital is, we're a big state. Um, California yes. is very long. And so uh, coming from Eureka or Crescent City at one end or Redding, or, or coming from San, San Diego, Diego at the other end, you know, there's some lot of, lot of travel time involved here, but there's also cost involved in travel. Yes. And so while it might not cost too much for somebody local to Sacramento to get to the Capitol, for Capital Day to participate there, it can cost a lot for some families in Southern California or far north to get to Sacramento um, and so what are some ways uh, families can, can help one another or to send a representative from their group? A lot of people don't realize this, but anybody can come to Capital Day representing their group. You don't have to be the leader. Right. So if your group can pool resources, because I get it, if you're coming from Los Angeles, San Diego, a lot of the Central Valley, we're looking at a multi-day trip, travel time, hotel, it's a lot. Um, if you can send a representative, just like you would send a missionary, pool your resources together, everybody gives $25 or however big your group is. That person says, I represent 10 families, 50 families, 100 families, three families. We have 20, 50, 100, 1,000 children that are being homeschooled, and you are representing them. That is perfectly okay. The capital understands that. And the fact that a group of ordinary people pooled their money to send an ordinary person speaks about passion. And the legislature understands grassroots passion. Mm -hmm. And that's that's okay to do. It doesn't have to be the leader. It can be the person who is most able to go. The leader might have those that nursing baby that can't go. Or uh, a husband that just needs them there or a job so send somebody who's willing to go a group doesn't have to the, the person going doesn't have to bear the full financial cost it would be hard on me to handle for our family to just spontaneously take a trip across the state and several nights of hotels that would be hard but we can work together to balance it and know that that is being effective yeah and i'll just say too to add to that um our capital days are underrepresented population-wise from the further distances in the state. Um, the bulk of the population of California is not, not in the Sacramento there. region. It's in the Bay Area somewhat and in the far south, in, in Los Angeles, San Diego. So we need people to come up with ways to get their groups represented in Sacramento because legislators care about their own districts. They care yes. about people that are coming from their own districts, not, um, they, they, they will welcome visits from people elsewhere in the state, but it makes a completely different impression if it's somebody from their own district coming to visit them, especially if they come a long distance. And when you can have families that can pool resources together to make that happen, they appreciate that. They'll see that as, oh, these people really care about it. And there's other people back home that care about it enough to send these people. So that's enough to influence opinion in my district where the people that vote for me are. It really is. Yeah, it can have a real big impression.
Um, another thing you can do is to write a letter. Um, I know that uh, for, for some people this can <laughs> sound scary, but it may be less scary than going and actually visiting a legislator's office. Um, but there's, there's, there's some tips on this as well. <laughs> so, we are homeschool mothers. If there's a thing to learn, we need to learn to do it. I understand that writing is very intimidating for a lot of people. They're afraid if they put pen to paper, they're going to sound dumb, or they're going to say the wrong thing, or they don't know how to format it. But we can do this as homeschool moms. If you can write a letter, writing a letter is very powerful. I understand that if a legislator receives a letter from their district, they presume that there's a thousand people with the same opinion as that letter writer. That's pretty powerful. So that means if you can get five homeschooling moms to write five letters, that represents 5,000 people. That's 5,000 votes. That's a lot of votes in a district. Mm -hmm. And I would say five might be a conservative estimate, depending on how large your group is. Right. So let's say you have people in your group that are intimidated by writing letters. Okay. So you can work together on this. You, it doesn't not count as your letter. That was a double negative. You're not supposed to do that in writing. <laughs> um, if you get help writing your letters, that is perfectly legitimate. You can haul laptops to a park day. You can take laptops to a mom's night out or a cafe for an evening out, and you can help each other write letters. Somebody can Google how to write a business letter. I'm pretty sure you have on the FPM we website do. instructions and formats to how to write a letter. It's actually not that hard. It's very simple. You don't have to write a five-paragraph IEW essays with dress-ups, okay? it's You don't have to be that eloquent. Just simply writing it and stating the basic points is enough. However, IEW does have letter writing help. I highly recommend the curriculum, and I think it's level continuation B. It's, you know, you can watch that as a group. But moms can help each other write these letters. You can write a draft or dictate to each other, and then people can just kind of customize a little bit in their own words. It's okay to help each other write letters. And then once you have a basic letter saved... You can tweak it for the next time. It doesn't need to be started from scratch. There's no need to reinvent the wheel every time. You can just tweak the little, tweak the point, tweak the reason, and resend it in again. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that as homeschooling moms, we can help each other. And I think that it's good for our children to see us doing things that make us uncomfortable, and we do them anyway. They see us learning things that we didn't know before right. because that's what we're trying to model for them look I'm an adult and I'm learning and and I'm even working through my fear that's courage I need you know little keep up your courage Sarah Noble there <laughs> that's sorry right. that's my homeschooling mom coming out here you you move through your fear and do it anyway and and do what you know is right yeah. So I, I think that letter writing is something we can help each other with as, as moms. There's probably somebody in the homeschooling group that is a little better at writing and can help the other moms. Right. And we do have um, uh, instructions and sample letters that you can use on our website. And we'll put a link in for that on, our, uh, on the uh, YouTube video. And certainly um, we'll put in a link to, to notes to, to what we're talking about here today. But I'm really thankful that we can provide some ideas for those that really feel like they can't get places. 
And I really appreciate your help in laying that out because I think it's going to really empower some people, really make some people feel more confident about participating, and also just help um, help people be more engaged. And maybe they'll feel like they can encourage their friends to participate too because when we just participate ourselves, that's good. But I don't know, we can also encourage our friends to participate and understanding these concepts makes it easier to come alongside of our friends and say, hey, how about, how about this? You can, you could write a letter or how about this? Maybe can you send um, uh, Jamie $20 to help her get to Capital Day and that's your participation or, you know, everybody in a group can do something. And I think this gives them some ideas to help them be able to do that. Nobody is just a homeschooling mom. I, I feel like that a lot. I look around my house and I say, it's not up to par. My school isn't up to par. I'm not up to par, but we are homeschooling moms. We, we matter because God is big and because he has called us to do this. And he wants us to be faithful to it. We can pray. We can send. We can, we can help from behind. We can help from our little messy kitchen tables that probably have jam smeared on them. You know, we, that is where our work is and we can do things from there. Important yeah. things. And in the case of prayer, I could say the major thing. Yeah. We can do that. We just have to do it. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your help with this topic and, um, I hope that it will inspire many of you to go on to participate and encourage others to do so as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.